Hello, weirdos. This is Jules. This is Katie. And this is just going to be a little quickie because I've seen something multiple times in some of the witch groups and in some of the forums. And the question or statement, which is a little, not worrisome, but I just see a lot of people talking about how you shouldn't work with fae or fairies, especially not as a beginner. And so I have my two cents on it. Katie has her two cents. And I just wanted to do this little blurb to give you a little perspective because I feel like it's a really gross simplification of working with Faye. And I don't like the idea in the craft, in a cult, that any said corner is forbidden to you or is hands down not something you should you should involve with or shouldn't research or shouldn't work with. I don't like those little pockets. For one, I feel like it's a little gatekeepy. I agree. For two, I think it's discouraging education, which I am full against. Mm -hmm. And three, I think it limits growth of beginner witches. Right. I also feel that it the main reason a lot of us are witches is because we're independent people who love the earth and love, you know, to enjoy the energies and the spirits around us. Exactly. Yeah. We, as a general rule, witchcraft is practiced by rebels, by rogues, and by rule breakers. Mm -hmm. And then to have beginners come in looking to learn and seeking to understanding and to have people shutting you down for trying to understand or shutting down complete corners of witchcraft to you by saying a blanket statement about an entire species really of entities to me is inappropriate to mm -hmm. do because that's not your place to tell them how to practice and two, I am always going to play devil's advocate. I am always going to play the, uh, the role of the educator and the resource guide, which is why I use, you know, the moniker, which is librarian, because I want you to research things for yourself. I want you to get your craft and shape your craft yourself. Right. I don't want you to have somebody say, oh, you shouldn't work with those people or those entities. Right. And you to just take blind faith that that person knows more than you and never look into it. I agree. I think that that is going to weaken your craft as a whole, especially when it comes to Fae, which is what we're just going to talk a little bit about here, because there are there is an entire tradition, mm -hmm. witchcraft tradition, which for those of you that are beginners, witchcraft traditions are essentially, if you think of a school and a coven in one. And that's a witchcraft tradition. You're going to learn at a degree that's almost akin to a college degree with this tradition. And then as you learn, you become part of that tradition's community. Right. And there's tons of witchcraft traditions that follow different types of witchcraft. So for instance, there is fairy witchcraft. Yes. As practitioners of fairy witchcraft advance in traditions they're given the opportunity to have their own lineages of that tradition, which means their own branch of that mm -hmm. tradition. So there's fairy witchcraft, and then there's a ton of branches of 
people that practice fairy witchcraft, but have probably shaped it a little bit one way or the other based on their personal experiences as a priest of that tradition. Okay. So there is an entire tradition called fairy witchcraft. Right. It is spelled multiple ways. So if you want to research it, uh, some of one of the kind of forefathers of fairy witchcraft, Victor Anderson, uh, in later years had a tendency to write it F E R I. Right. To help differentiate their particular branch of fairy witchcraft. And then it's also frequently spelled F-A-E-R-Y. And then yes. the traditional fairy F-A-I-R-Y. So if you're looking into it, it could be any one of those three. There are certain branches of fairy witchcraft that do not actually work with fairies directly. No. Is, so that's to be noted here. Um, and then there's others that do work very closely with fairy. Correct. Another thing that's worth noting here is that in fairy witchcraft, the idea of what a fairy is, is incredibly broad. <laughs> and the reason for this is the same reason that the term angel yeah. is very broad in other cultures. The term demon is very broad. Daemon, very broad. Okay. Jinn, exactly. very broad. Because more or less the origin of a lot of these entities, all we really know is that they are celestial beings that one way or the other came down to earth, either in a corporeal physical form that I can touch like you and me are corporeal or an incorporeal form like that of a ghost or an apparition that you cannot touch, but in some cases can see or, or feel or feel or hear. When okay? I say feel, I mean sense. Yes. Good point. Because that is a little confusing. <laughs> okay, so the terms for entities that are not us and are not the, you know, spirits of humans that have died, ghosts, right. is very broad and usually covers a lot of things. So a lot of practitioners of fairy witchcraft will see the term fae or fairy and not really see a huge difference from that term to the term angel or nephilim or the term jinn or you know, whatever, or right. angel. The the lines are very blurred here. There are a ton of fairy species as a result of this. So even if you just go with the Celtic definition of a fairy, of this otherworldly spirit, there are otherworldly spirits or entities or beings, mm -hmm. and there is a shit ton of species. So one of my pet peeves with telling beginners not to work with the fae is that would be like saying don't work with French people. Right. Exactly. Because I had an interaction with a French person one time and they were an asshole. It's possible. It is possible. We're French. <laughs> we're French. So I felt like that was a safe. <laughs> and it's possible. <laughs> a safe group to go with because I could say that because I'm French. Some of us are assholes. Some human beings are assholes. It would be like the Fae saying, oh, I don't work with humans. They're That's dicks. what I was thinking. I was thinking the same thing. And I don't blame them. I mean, they might. Right? <laughs> Probably quite a few of them do say that for good reason. Yes. But the point being, when you say don't work with the Fae, that is such a broad it is. spectrum of beings that you're saying to just dismiss because of one or two personal experiences. Mm -hmm. One or two personal experiences that you as a beginner being told this by somebody else have no idea how this person treated those entities. Exactly. Or interacted with them. Yeah. And whether they they were doing something to force their will. And Exactly. Were they trying to summon and bind and capture yes. this entity for their own reasons? 
were they disrespectful to the entity? Mm-hmm. Did they break promises yes. to the entity that is in question? You don't have any facts. Exactly. Because okay? that's typically when I've seen people have issues with working with Faye. It comes down to two different quadrants. One is that they were disrespectful and broke promises. Right. So if you promise a fairy that they're going to get regular offerings, you promise, you promise, and, you know, return for something, and then you don't deliver, that's that's a negative thing. Yes. And especially specific types of fairies are very big with promises as contracts. Yes. So don't give, and this is a good rule for any entity, period, across the board, don't make promises you cannot or have no intention of keeping. Right. Do not be disrespectful. Don't be a little cocksucker. <laughs> exactly. In other words. <laughs> and what I mean by this is don't summon something or don't ask for something to show themselves to you in order to prove that you can. Right. Or to pester the spirit or to try and use or work with the spirit in a way that they are not meant to be worked with. So don't be a dick. Yeah. And then two, the other area that I see a lot of people have issue in is if they are truly trying to summon a specific type of fairy to their house with word, intention, and oftentimes offerings without fully understanding what that entity is. Yes. If you do not know inside and outside what you are inviting into your home, don't be surprised when things don't go the right way. Yeah. Because even super helpful uh, household spirits, which a lot, there's a, a ton of household fairies. Right. Even they, who are very helpful, mm-hmm. very lovely, some of them are protective. Yes. Great spirits. But if you promised them offerings yet again and don't follow through, they're going to get mischievous. Mm-hmm. And two, this is the other thing, is a lot of times their mischievousness and their playfulness is misinterpreted as a nuisance or as annoying or even cruel, right? right? But think about this. You're an entity that's been invited into a home to be a helper. Right. Okay? And you can't directly communicate with the person you live with via words or notes. Right. They've been ignoring you in dream time or don't understand that you're talking to them. They don't Mm -hmm. meditate enough so that you can't contact them there. (laughs) And something is wrong. Right. Something is wrong in the house and they haven't noticed and they're still not noticing. You're probably going to escalate what you try to do to get this person's attention. Yeah. You could make a small noise at first. You could move the pots and pans around. You could flicker the lights. And if they don't listen and they aren't paying attention, you could escalate to taking something from Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Hiding something. Hiding things. Because they're more likely to notice their favorite watch went missing than to automatically assume that the light slinkering is the fairy trying to tell them something. And then once that missing object goes missing, they're going, okay, well, now they'll look around and realize what's wrong. That I haven't been fed in a week. That, I, <laughs> that there's something wrong with their health. That their wards have gone to shit and the house isn't protected anymore. That the house is a mess and clutter brings in negativity and negativity is getting trapped in the corners, etc., etc. So not all of their mischievousness or playfulness is a bad thing. A lot of times it's them trying to communicate to you that there's something wrong. What? Just got shook. 
Which is another thing that we get a lot of times. We live in an RV, and sometimes we'll get a, a jolt, or the the RV will feel like it's moving even when there isn't wind. Yeah. So, uh, do you have some words to say about our fairy friends now that we've kind of overviewed why some people have had issues? Well, I'd like to just bring in a story if I don't, if you don't yes, mind. Yes, please. Okay, so when we first were just baby witches, uh, we took a trip. And we were very upset at the time. It was a very, you know, very stressful trip. We were, you know, running away from home, basically. And, um, and something that we now do permanently. Yes. And, and <laughs> running to the opposite side of the, our the home country. Runs with us now. Yes. Uh, but this was our first time. Yes. This was and our first big we were, trip, just the two of us. We were feeling. I, I think we were feeling vulnerable. like we really were vulnerable and yeah. we didn't know, you know, how, how to handle things. And the fairies came to us. We yeah. were in the, we were in the hotel room at night the, and okay. oh, amazing. We need to describe the hotel. That hotel room. Oh goodness. And explain why I believe the fairies came to us. Yes. Because, well, we had had some fairy instances out in the woods before. Right. Right. Um, because we've always been very open to entities yes. that want to contact us. So we're very open and we have a pretty good second sight. We're both psychic. Right. So we, just like I saw now. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're excited. We've we're seen, talking. I think so. Uh, we've seen lights, fairy lights, mm -hmm. which are twinkling lights that have no obvious source or origination. And they can be all different colors. They can. I've seen blue. I've seen pink. I've yeah. seen white. I've yeah. seen gold. They can be anything as small as a fleck of glitter uh -huh. to anything we now know as large as a globe. Right. So we had some interactions with them before. But in this instance, it was to date the most terrifying hotel I've ever yes. been in. And we've been in some some less than top-notch hotels. Yes. But this place, holy shit. I don't remember what it was called, but I do remember that the, oh, parrot, like the lounge, parrot Lounge. It, the, yeah. The Parrot Lounge was the name of the bar that was and attached the, to it. Yeah, it was it. attached to it. Yeah. We were staying there because our car blew a tire going 80 miles well, that's an the hour. that's story I was going to tell, too, was the okay. tire. Okay. So, well, if we're talking about the hotel, that was right. the lead up, is we had a tire blow while we are driving 80 miles per hour and passing a semi. And we were able to safely get in front of the semi and pull off the side of the road, which should not have happened because when we pulled over, it's not like it slowly went flat. The tire was gone. It was gone. Totally gone. It, it was, was shredded. Yeah, it was totally blown. It was kind of funny, too, because the noise started up really loud. You know, It when sounded it blows. like a fucking sound, helicopter. It does. It sounds like a helicopter's about to land on your car. We're trying to go around the, around the semi, and Jewel says to me, what's that? Yeah. And I just looked at her and said, oh, we just blew a tire. Yeah. <laughs> I would not be normally saying anything that no. calmly. And I think our guides took us yeah. off to the side, but the fairies were all The fairies were with us car. because I had asked the fairies also to, to guide oh, us when that. we were on the road. I said, please guide us and watch over us on the road. And then when we they, finally got stopped did. and we looked at that tire it and then there were fairies shredded. all around us. Yeah. And we saw a ton of fairies all around us. Yeah. But so... That happened, so we ended up having to stay mm -hmm. in Des Moines mm -hmm. right after dealing with that. And we're in the seediest hotel we've ever seen because it's the only one we can afford. And 
it's 4th of July. Yes. So there's a bar that's a seedy bar, and there were plenty of people evidently driving through for 4th of July weekend. So there's a ton of college guys and men and truckers, and And they are partying and bikers. That's right. There were a ton of bikers. It was terrifying. And we're in this large hotel room that had a super janky door. The lock was, all it had was a lock on the doorknob. It had no deadbolt and it didn't have, you know, the usual hotel safety lock on the top. All it had was a lock on the doorknob, the, like you'd see on the inside of your house. And that doorknob was not like snugly fit. It wasn't latched all the way. Like you could move the door a fair yes. amount, even when it was locked. Terrifying. So we have a, a fucking chair propped yep. under the door, pushed shut, hoping that nobody busts in because any one of these dudes with a little bit of pressure of a shoulder could have broken mm-hmm. through the door. And we turn out the lights going, oh God, are Oh, we there was a big picture window as well right there. Yeah, there was. It was, it was scary. And I slept with people. a, I slept with a yeah, sharp we had a knife. knife. And we had people banging on walls, hooping and hollering. It was bad. Yeah, it was. So, so the tone is set. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, yeah, we were both already pretty stressed out. Everything was very, very stressful. And that room... Our nerves have been shredded by the tire and now all the noise outside. And the room lit up with little sparkles. All different colored sparkles. And we just looked at each other and was like, do you see what I see? And she's like, do you see a bunch of sparkles? I go, I do. She goes, oh my gosh. And we realized that it was the fairies. Yeah. The only thing that could have made that many individual lights that were moving of their own volition in different patterns would have been a very confused disco ball. Really? (laughs) And there were no disco balls. No disco balls. And, and it was nighttime. There was no, there was no light streaming in from anywhere causing any kind of, you know, there were good blackout curtains. Yes, they were. So it was was pitch black in there. Mm -hmm. And even the cat that was Mm -hmm. with us knew they were around she was acting all strange you know trying to watch this one and that one and the other she was going crazy from it so i truly believe in fairies i've seen fairies when i broke my ankle and we were trying to get me out of the woods and jules was with me then too and i would not let her call for help so (laughs) so she i told her just to get me a couple of sticks and i'll use them like crutches she'd broken her foot i'd like to point out (laughs) and uh and there was a fairy that just stayed right with us i mean it was obvious it was a fairy it was not a bug it was a fairy you could tell by the way it looked and i have photos that i took in the woods the one time that are definite fairies you 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 open it up and i had people who do not believe in such things go that looks like what i would think what a fairy would look like and i go yeah so we believe yeah, we definitely are firm believers. And, and what we've happened also last worked. night <laughs> and the we've night also before. worked very closely with fairies. In fact, what most people would call a witch is familiar or my familiar spirit mm-hmm. is, it, again, definitions and labels are hard with any entities, but he is a, a dark fae right. spirit. And now yeah. you could call him a demon. You can call him a dark fae. You can call him whatever the fuck you like. Um, but he is kind of a, uh, he's a shifting dark face spirit sometimes he looks really scary sometimes he doesn't 
company is very helpful and and he will cause mischief if you're not paying attention to something that you need to be paying attention to. And sometimes he's just a, a bit of a dick. Right. Well, he was a dropping good dick, things a lovely on me dick, and, and but... I, in the middle of the night, I, I something dropped on my head yeah. from, and there was nothing really there, but I felt it. And there she was getting poked repeatedly. Yes. And it turned out that my blood pressure was extremely high. And he was trying to alert her right. that there was a problem. Yeah. And most of the time when he's picking on me or poking me or he's bitten me a couple times. Lightly, it doesn't hurt, but it's like somebody, you know, nibbling on you. Like if you've ever had like a a puppy and they do like the love the bites, little, yeah. it's kind of like that. So people don't get freaked out about it. Right. Um, but it's always been for a reason. Yeah. If I actually ask the right questions, then I find out what's going on. But that's usually the reason. Yeah. But I've always, whenever dealing with any entity, any yes entity. I always ask that only those entities who are here for my highest good be yes. allowed in the area. Yep. And I feel very confident that that is exactly what happens. Yeah. I, I fullheartedly agree. Intent, clear intent is mm-hmm. everything in witchcraft, period. And yeah, same. Anytime I need help from any type of entity and invite any type of entity in, same. It's for my highest good and to be helpful. Right. And not to harm. Exactly. But usually I don't even bring in the word harm. It's like I don't I, either. I'm it's just drawing in good. entities for my highest good that are willing and able to help. Yeah. And that's what we call in and that's what we experience as a result of it. Yeah. I'm not a huge advocate for calling specific entities Mm-mm. or deities into my life. I am very much of the school of thought that calling in an entity for your highest good is like calling in a boyfriend for your highest good rather than a specific person. Right. Because I could call in Steve, but Steve's a dick. And I might get Steve, but then realize I didn't want Steve. I wanted Luke, you know? And And I was totally mistaken. And if I go with my highest good, then Luke probably would have made himself known before Steve. And it's the same way with entities. If I'm open to working with deities, then the deities that are already attached and connected to me are going to slowly come out of the woodwork. If they're, you know, if I'm looking to work with fairies, there are fairies that are already going to be more connected to the type of which I am, the type of person I am, that are going to be more likely to come in. Versus if I look through a book of fairies and say, I want to attract in brownies, that's a different situation. Right. Because those brownies might not be the best thing for the situation I'm actually working on and et cetera, et cetera. So really, I think our, our key thing, do your research, but be open to good experiences if the fairies want to work with you, if any type of fairy wants to work with you, just put out the intent that you only want to work with positive entities that have your highest good in mind. And mind you, that may be a dark fae, or that might be a light fae. That might be, you know, a, a variety species of jinn. It might be a variety species of angel or demon or anything else under the sun. Because just like human beings... Human beings can be evil, they can be good, they can be somewhere in between. Or they can be a combination of all three. Exactly. Some, yeah, oscillate. Mm -hmm. And any type of entity you come across is going to be the same way. 
They could be a number of things and not just be either good or bad. Yes. Because an entity that's a protective entity could very well cause harm to people that aren't you. If they choose to protect you, then, yeah, they could cause harm to others and be seen by other people as an evil entity. True. But guess what? If somebody's trying to break into our home mm-hmm. and one of our protective spirits, which one of them is very large yes. <laughs> and very intimidating, Saw him if, last night. Yeah. <laughs> if he decides he wants to cause harm because this person intends us harm, so he's going to use the full ability of his force to make sure that this person doesn't hurt essentially his family. Right. Then the burglar is going to think these people got a demon in their house. Yeah. And I want that burglar to think we, uh, we got a demon in our Definitely. house. Definitely. So, but we think we have a friend. Yes. And also and a, a demon. protector. <laughs> and a demon. But he's a protector. You can call him whatever you want. Again, it could be called a dark bay, other type of celestial being, whatever you want to call it, but he's our protector. So, perspective has a lot to do with it. Yes. And that's another thing. If you go into another witch's house and you're disrespectful to her, right. her home, Maybe you're lying to her about something important. Maybe you have malicious intent to this person. Yeah, a house fairy or another fairy or protective entity of that witch could very well see, I'm going to cause some trouble for this person. Yeah. And if they're a fairy that's already mischievous, they're just going to have a really good time of it and make this person think they're losing their mind or be just slightly nasty, but not all the way evil. So they could be hiding important things. They could be taking their keys. They could be stealing their wallet. They could be poking you in your sleep. So again, it's all perspective. And it all has to do with how you treat the other worlds. If you approach it with respect and with humility, then you're going to have large and way positive experiences. I think the thing is, is don't, don't think of any other entity is say your slave or your yes. you know they have to do what you say yeah. or you have control because let me tell you you do not have control no and and it's no one wants to be treated that way it's very disrespectful i do I, I do akin it to if you're going to summon and try to trap and bind whether you call it a demon or you call it a fae or you call it steve yeah. <laughs> and you have the intent to summon this being and trap them and bind them to do your will because that's how you're told that it's right. going to go. It is similar to going out and catching and trapping a lion mm-hmm. and then going, okay, lion, I want you to do A, B, and C. And then being surprised when the lion eventually tries to maul you. Yes. Uh, in general, in my experience, it is not wise to try to force the hand of any entity, whether it be a person or whether it be an entity, spirit, ghost, animal, anything. Yeah. In general, force is not the way to go. No. And when you do try to force things, that is when you're going to get a much larger reaction from the entities involved. And this is why there's an old line, don't summon anything you can't banish. And honestly, with summoning, I go with a very gentle approach. Again, I usually don't summon a particular entity. If there's a particular entity, whether it be a deity or spirit that I would like to communicate with, either for my benefit or benefit of a client or friend, I will petition to talk to them. Meaning, I will set the intent and say, is it okay if I talk with you? 
or I'll ask one of my spirits or deities um, and say, can you put me in contact with yes. so-and-so? Are they willing to work and or speak with me? And if I don't get anything back, no harm, no foul. It's like calling somebody's phone and no answer. But right. it's a lot different to call and no answer and then show up to their house and put a bag over their head. And say, well, you're coming whether you like exactly. it or not. Exactly. <laughs> that person's not going to be nearly as friendly after the bag is. I mean, we do we do readings and we're, we're yeah. mediums and we, we do a lot of that in channelers. And, we, you know, and we do healings. Okay, so in any of those situations, we speak... To the higher self of the person who we are doing, you know, said, um, you know, process for. Yeah. Or their deities or whoever wants to show up for the fun. If they wish to speak. Yeah. We ask you first if it's okay. We don't just jump in and, and, and start, you know, talking to your higher self or start, you know. Yeah clearing your system of this that and the other we talk to you we ask permission and it's the same thing with any other and again it's just it's just a sign of respect and when you approach these things with respect and humility you're just going to have a better time with things it's a safer way to start exploring other entities to work with and other deities to work with and you're going to wind up with a lot less dramatic stories about the one time you summoned medusa into a circle and she was bitchy because she didn't want to fucking talk to you so it's just one of those things so with fairies and with any other entity show up with respect and put out an open intent that you're willing to work with entities fairies etc that are there for your highest good and for benefit that are willing to help guide teach protect Mm -hmm. and help you yes Um, And I think if you approach it with that level of respect and that level of really education, Mm -hmm. then you're going to wind up with a much better set of circumstances. You're going to wind up with a wonderful group of spirits that are going to be willing to help you. And you're not going to be stuck with working with an entity that is not wanting to work with you. I totally agree. And that's going to kind of turn on you if given the opportunity. So. That's our opinion on Faye, and that's kind of our take on why some people have such an adamant belief of not working with fairies, mm-hmm. and why we think that you should give it an opportunity if it's something that you're drawn to. Yes. Because that's another thing. If you're not drawn to working with fairies, like, no harm, no foul. But if you're drawn to working with fairies, or you've had experiences that might be fairy experiences, and you've been avoiding them because somebody told you that you shouldn't work with fairies that's not it's not the way you should be living your life in my opinion off of the pure faith of one person or a couple of people's experiences i encourage you to have your own and also like with anything else i always suggest that you know how to protect yourself yes with protections warding shielding etc before contacting any spirit if you can i mean if you know, a deity comes to you or a spirit comes to you early on in your journey. I'm not saying you should ignore them until you know protection magic. But in general, I think protection magic is what everyone should start with so that you know what's going on and you know how to feel safe. I agree. All right. So that's our take on the fairy issue. Hopefully this was helpful and hopefully this helps you figure out your path better. Uh, Again, talking about the fairy tradition really quickly. If you have 
more curiosity about fairy tradition witchcraft, I highly recommend Storm Fairy Wolf as an author. He has the book Betwixt and Between, which is geared kind of to an intermediate witch, but a beginner fairy witch, if you will. Um, there is a presumption that you kind of know how to cast circles, raise energy, meditate, things like that. But I'd say a pretty early on beginner is still going to be geared well with that book. And then uh, from there, he has a bit of a darker book that not everybody else is going to be geared toward, but called Forbidden Fairy Magic. <laughs> that sounds right. I think it's beginner, or it might be Forbidden Fairy Witchcraft, something like that. Still by Storm Fairy Wolf. And it is a darker uh, working. There's uh, talk of necromancy and blood magic and all of those good things. But that is definitely a book that I would only recommend to intermediate to advanced witches that have an interest in working with Fae more closely and getting their hands a little dirtier. It's definitely great witchcraft. And that is a note on the fairy tradition. It is an eclectic, essentially gray witchcraft path. Right. They pull from a lot of traditions. They pull from a lot of different cultures and types of magic. And they do not have hard rules on, they don't follow the rule three. They don't have the Wiccan read. They really do go with fairy witchcraft is what you are. If you're a bad person, you're going to use it for the wrong reasons. Right. If you're a good person, you're going to use it for the right reasons. And sometimes a curse or a hex is justified. And so sometimes you might lean that way and sometimes you might not. But it definitely encourages strong shadow work and encourages a lot of self-reflection in any of those processes. Yeah. And I really do recommend those books. There's other books on fairy witchcraft, but this is actually written by a priest of the fairy tradition. So if you're curious specifically about their tradition, his books, I'd say, are the best. And I'm still exploring other fairy magic books because I've been asked to. I fairies. wish I could remember the one I read that was really good. I'll have to look it up. I re I know I read a couple way back in the day, but yeah. I don't really recall. I almost want to say the, the book that we're both thinking of is um, Edwin McCain, but because he has a fairy magic book, but I'm not could be. I'm sure. not certain. It was too long ago. But yes, I, I think, you know, both of us have had very favorable mm -hmm. experiences yeah. with the fae. And, um, and yes, we have experienced some mischievousness, but like she said, for good reason. Yeah, it's usually for a good reason. Yeah. And it, everything in the craft, honestly, has a lot to do with what you bring to the table. If you are terrified of working with entities right. or working with the Fae, that terror yeah, don't do it then. <laughs> is going to feed into the astral. And anything that does have a little bit more of a nasty yeah. temperament might think you might be real fun to fuck with. Mm -hmm. So if you're terrified of working with the Fae, then don't. Right. And if you still feel pulled to the Fae but are terrified, work on lessening that fear, which I would recommend doing by knowledge. I was just going to say research. The more you research, I think the less you'll have that foreboding. And that's what I would recommend is if you're really terrified, but you still really want to work with them or they're very uh, insistent on you working with them. Because a lot of entities, if you are supposed to be working with these entities or you have in past lives or what have you, they will become persistent until you pay attention. Yes. Deities, entities alike. Yes. So if that's happening, work on lessening that fear 
by researching fairies and seeing that you it, the fear is unfounded, essentially. Yeah. And give yourself some kudos for your protection magic, and that should also help with kind of unfounded fear and lessening that. All right. That is it for this little chat. And hopefully, again, this helps you uh, find your path and find your passion with the craft. And lots of dark love from me and from Katie. Yes. <laughs> Bye. Bye.